What is up, everybody? This is the Sharp Angles podcast, the Thursday edition of the Sharp Angles podcast featuring myself, I'm Raymond Summerlin, and Mr. Rich Rebar, the Swami of Konami himself. Now, sorry, we weren't we weren't here last week, but that's fine. We're back. We're ready to go. We're ready to rock and roll at a new time over here on YouTube. By the way, if you listen to this in podcast form, um, this is this is normally done at 11:30 Eastern on YouTube every single week. You can come talk to us, ask us questions. I uh, would be happy to happy to talk with you about that. But we're going coming back off a week, one week off, coming back. Have a special guest should be joining us soon. I hope. And that is Matthew Berry. Happy to talk to him. But first of all, I'm happy to talk to you, Richard. Yeah, was, uh, I missed you last week. You know, unfortunately, you know, I had to had to deal with some stuff last second. But you know, we're back, and it's the fantasy playoffs basically everywhere. I know some fantasy playoffs, like FFPC, have like their mini playoffs for two weeks yeah. that are kind of wrapping up. The big tournament is this week. You know, stuff like F SFB is going on, but like this is like basically everyone is in the fantasy playoffs now. Like all your leagues and regular stuff is kicking off. So it's kind of a fun week, and it's a really kind of a unique slate. I'm curious to see, you know, with all the injuries and all the backup quarterbacks we have this week, you know, how that's impacted. But that's something we deal with every year and we'll get through it. Yeah, this you say we deal with it every year. <laughs> this to one, degrees, to, to degrees. Yes, there are varying degrees of dealing with it, I suppose, as my therapist would say. And um, yeah, this week is rough. I mean, we're getting it started. If you're listening to this on Friday as a podcast, uh, you already have seen this game, but we're getting it started with just a terrible quarterback battle between Aiden O'Connell and and uh, Easton Stick. Who I liked that we got really excited in the Sharp Football Slack about Easton Stick's rushing total opening oh, at yeah, just like ten and a half yards. That's the level of degenerate we've devolved into here in uh, here in in uh the closing the closing weeks well, we got of four this weeks left season. man four full yeah. weeks left we can bet on some playoff stuff but that stuff's under the microscope people are scouring over that stuff four weeks to, to, to full slates of betting player props and playing dfs we, it, it, we're here we're at the finite amount yeah i actually i might it's it's at this point now with in the season that i might start saving saving some of that bankroll for the playoffs and uh getting getting ready for that but without further ado our guest uh has joined us here uh he doesn't need any introduction i suppose i will do one anyway he's the host of the fantasy football happy hour which you can find as a podcast you can find it on peacock he's regularly on nbc's sunday night football and football night in america he's the founder of fantasy life he has a best-selling book of the same name you know who this person is his name is matthew barry how you doing, Matthew? Thanks for joining us. What's up, Ray? You know what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to scroll so I can find the tweet. You guys tagged me, and it was like this morning. <laughs> so I can tag people for this thing. You guys should do it like, because I don't think people, here's what I think about Twitter, and I could be wrong, or X, whatever you guys decide. Yeah. But I, I don't believe that people generally, like, when you tweet it out, hey, coming up in eight hours, and people yeah, are like, <laughs> I feel like it has to be with like five minutes before air. And so, and I'm well, I don't remember. I will have a tweet tagging you that will go live in like a minute. So we, you'll be, we'll be fine on that regard. But Let's I don't do think, then, I, and I'll retweet three it minutes before uh, re-exit whatever it is. Um, uh, I'll, I'll do all that. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'll, oh, here we go. I got you, Ray. I just see it. Do you see? Uh, it's magic. 
Look what I did. This is me. This is this is what I do. In case you think I have something that runs my social for me, I clearly don't. Because um, my social. I, I thought Denny Carter ran it. Yeah. Oh God, I'd be so much better. I'd have so many more followers if Denny ran it. Um, <laughs> Denny's a genius on social. He's not good anywhere He's else, but on social, <laughs> Denny's actually fantastic. How's the season been going for you so far, Matthew? You know, we're, it, it's been a really good year, actually. Um, and I apologize. I'm, so I'm in my dressing room here at NBC Sports. We just got done with Fantasy Football Happy yeah. Hours. So it seems a little dark. I'm just looking at uh, on the screen here. Maybe I can uh, – maybe I pull it closer. No, you're looking great. Can you get that Christmas no, tree back there? Yeah, the Christmas yeah, I mean, tree. It's, like, it's with this one little sad Christmas tree that who somebody at NBC is just like – it's because it's a fairly empty room, and it's not, quote, my yeah. room. It's just on days that I – that I'm here, it's a dressing room for me, but then there are days that I'm not here. And then like somebody who does like our horse racing, our golf coverage isn't here. So it's a fairly yeah. blank, bland room that they just threw this like sad little Christmas tree in the back corner. Um, uh, God bless them. So uh, it's been a good year. It's been a good year. You know, uh, everyone has their misses and their regrets. Actually, uh, my column today, my love hate column today is all about regrets. And uh, people, you know, it's my, my annual don't look back and anger column. Just about moves that people made, and it's you know. So uh, I encourage everyone to read it at RotoWorld.com. It's free uh, because if whatever move you've made that you regret, I promise you, there's somebody else worse. Like you, you probably didn't drop. You probably didn't like drop Devon Achan for a Cameron Dicker, but somebody, somebody did that. They showed me the screenshot, and that's in the column. So there's stuff like that. But um, overall, you know, um, for the most part, you know, I'm I'm in the playoffs. I think in every league but two. Um, one of, uh, one of which I missed on a, on a, I had third in total points and, um, just, you know, most points against and I missed. And then one, I'm in a, a league that I'm actually in with rich where I'm actively tanking, uh, and purposely tried not to make the playoffs. And so I have, I'm actively, uh, and, and if I may say so myself, brilliantly tanking. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, that one is specific. I didn't think I was ever going to make the playoffs in that one, and so that one's it's a, it's a dynasty league, and so yeah, I'm a big believer. So rich. In, I'm a big believer, and then I'll shut up because I've been just talking nonstop. But I'm a big believer in dynasty. That the worst thing in the world is like fifth place in dynasty. Yep. You either need to go all in or all out. Like you either need to be like I'm either playing for first pick next year or first place this year. But like, and we have a couple of teams in our league, Rich, that just feel like they're treading water. Um, and, uh, you know, and I don't totally get the strategy of some of the guys in our league, but, um, uh, but anyway, Rich has a, Rich has a very, very good team in our league that has been beset by like just the worst injury luck I've seen in any of my leagues this year. So, you had the best team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances. So last year decides sort of this league. No, no one cares about your league, but it's no. like, but uh, Might I, as well. I, let's I, do it. I almost ran the table. I went 13 and one last year. I lost a game by a less than a point to go to, to ruin it. 13 to one. Matthew beat me in the finals. It's it's winner take all. This is just it's winner take all league. You, there's no second place. There's nothing else. It's fun. It's you gotta you gotta go hard. And this year I was loaded again. Was undefeated. It's a super flex league. I had Joe Burrow. He is no longer playing football. Yeah. I had Kirk Cousins. No longer playing football. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's no longer playing football. Uh, uh, Kenny Pickett, he's no longer playing football. Uh, so, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky is my one quarterback this week. <laughs> uh, I'm in the playoffs, but I'm not going to win. I do not think I'm going to hold uh, hold down this uh, the first place. Somebody somebody picked up Nick Mullins for free in that league this morning, I noticed. Mm -hmm. 
I had Nick Chubb. He's no longer playing football. Richard, it's just been brutal injury luck. It's a super. It's a twelve-team league, uh, twelve-team league, thirty-three-man roster league, and so it goes. And then there's IR spots, so it goes super deep. And anyone with a pulse is rostered in this league. I mean, like I like just to give you an idea, just on my roster, uh, I have. Taylor Heineke and Sean Clifford are among my run, my quarterbacks, right? I mean, legend, like, the Penn State legend, Sean Clifford. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Well, you know, I draft, I got him in the beginning of the year because, like, who knows with Jordan Love? Now it looks like he's just yeah. backing up Jordan. Now it looks like, oh, Jordan Love's actually re- legit. But, but the idea is, it's like even backup quarterbacks are rostered in this league. And so when, yeah, the idea that Rich lost four starting quarterbacks is insane. And and we'll move on to the, your actual questions, but I just have to give credit here. I am the defending champ. I did beat Rich last year in the finals. I've won two of the last three years in this league, and it's a real league. It's like like Scott Barrett and Graham Barfield and Evan Silva and Pat Thorman and like a lot of really sharp, smart fantasy managers. Danny Kelly's in it. Um, um, I'm blanking on all the names, but it's like it's a you know everyone in there. It's like really really smart and good, and so it's a really highly competitive league. But. Um, so last year, Rich had an unbelievable team. He had a better team than me. He, he legit had a better team than me. That's fancy um, football. Uh, but, but in fact, I had the best team in the league two years ago, and I ended up losing. And I think I lost to Rich, actually. Um, and uh, or no, I, yeah, I lost to Rich in the semis, I think. Right. But anyway, whatever. The fact is, is last year I had a very good team, but it was not as good as Rich's. But going into the final week. I had, a lot of my guys pay off. I had Jarek McKinnon rode that it was unbelievable. I've I've I have Mahomes and Brock Purdy. I have the I have the Mahomes Kelsey stack in that league. Okay, so going into the final week and going into Monday Night Football, I'm up 62 points. I'm up 62 points on Rich, and I'm done. But Rich has Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon against the Bills on that Monday Night game. Whoa. You were part of you were part of the Rich. You were part of the the uh, the controversy about what we do with the the Bills <laughs> and Bengals. Everyone, every league dealt with it, uh, but you know there was I think one game where Burrow and Mixon had combined for that many points. So I I thought it was just the the the, the most honorable and probable thing that was going to happen. That I was not going to win that game. Uh, well, for for our friend, made it easy and, for the commissioner uh, and former yeah. colleague for both Matthew and I, Patrick Corain. For for his sake, I was rooting against you then, Rich. I didn't even know I was rooting against you, but there we go, rooting Absolutely. against you. Um, Rich and I actually are in a very similar dynasty league to that, a league that I think has made Mike Clay hate me because I randomly beat beaten him like in two, uh, in two Super Bowls Good. with inferior teams. But I've been taking pretty hard this year, but I had Rich last week, and I, I, went, I went all out against you, Rich. I wanted to beat you and knock you out of the playoffs, unfortunately. My injured team was not enough, but that that's neither neither here nor there. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about is because one of the things I find interesting, one of the things you've done is I think you've really um, raised the notoriety of the punishment in fantasy football leagues. I think that was a big part of your fantasy life book was saying yep. what people did uh, to their to their final the twelfth place team in their league. My favorite my favorite I've seen so far is the Waffle House twenty four hours. Those of you watching on YouTube could probably guess why I like the Waffle House twenty four hours. One, if you want to sponsor me, Waffle House, I am I'm in to try try that challenge. But I assume you're sent these. I assume you're sent these all the time. Are there any fun ones this year you've heard? Any new ones? I don't know that I've seen any new ones. They always, I mean, I get a million of them and um, it's, you know, the hashtag fantasy life. And it's great. I remember when I was writing the book, I was doing research and I found these guys in Omaha, Nebraska. 
and they were like they were the original tattoo league and they're like the loser of the league has to get a tattoo chosen by the winner and they'd all signed this contract they were like a couple of kids had gone to law school and so I, and i saw this and they'd done it one year and i'm like oh my god guys i know this is insane and i and they were like they were trying to talk to like some local newspapers and i said like guys please don't tell anyone about your league let me write about it in the column and i promise you i know it'll take a year the the book's not coming out for like over a year but i promise you i'm going to make you guys stars if you'll just if you'll be patient and you won't tell anyone so they did that and i apologize for the lighting here again i just i don't know um great no, no worries but um at any rate and so they did that and so yeah that was the, the very first book the very first story in the book is about that league the tattoo league and we ended up doing a feature on them for ESPN as well. And um, uh, so, uh, you know, it, it ended up working out and that was like, you know, again, and I would, whenever I would do press and I did a lot of national press for the book, I'd be like, all right, there's a league in Omaha, Nebraska where there's a, where the loser has to, you know, where there's a guy that literally had, that, that gets a tattoo chosen by the winner. And he's walking around with a tattoo of Justin Bieber on his leg that says hashtag YOLO swag. Um, and uh, yeah, it's brutal. So just I'll run through a couple of the. Um, it ain't coming uh, off. Sort of some of my favorites. I don't know that I've seen any new ones uh, this year that uh, that come to my mind. But does, like, does that league update you like every year? Do they? They, they disbanded after six years, but they do. They did for years. They updated me, and in fact, the year that the book came out, and I, I, can't, I can't believe that league didn't continue. Right? <laughs> did the did the last guy who lose? Did he? get the tattoo or is that what ended the league was the guy was like, no, I'm not getting a tattoo. Well, here's, what's crazy about that league. One guy got, they did it for like six years and one guy got three tattoos. One guy <laughs> lost three years in a row, wow. you know, three years over the six. It's unbelievable. And in fact, what happened is, is that because so the year that, you know, like there was like um, there was, there was a uh, Justin Bieber one. There was like one that was like a, uh, a unicorn, um, like a really, you know, very like a young girl, my little pony kind of thing. Uh, unicorn, one that said fantasy loser. There was one, uh, if you remember Tim Tebow and the whole Tebowing thing, there was one where somebody took, um, uh, Care Bears. If you remember Care, the Care Bears cartoon, it's Care yeah. Bears. And apparently the guy that beat the guy to go to last, they have a last place game. And so the, yeah. the person that got the tattoo is because the guy that, that won that game used Tim Tebow. And if you remember, T-bowing was a thing. So the, the tattoo is literally of Care Bears T-bowing, you know, with a, with a knee down. Um, and so there was a couple of them, the Bieber one. And then I, um, uh, my, uh, the year that the book came out, they ended up getting invited on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and uh, being interviewed. You know, we again, we sort of made them this viral thing. And so the loser that year had to get this sort of, the book came out, I think, in uh, 2013. So Miley Cyrus's "Wrecking Ball" was a big um, uh, was, was a big hit back then. So there is somebody walking around Omaha, Nebraska, right now, that has a tattoo of uh, the Miley Cyrus "Wrecking Ball," Jay Leno's face in the "Wrecking Ball," and myself, literally a tattoo of me in the Miley Cyrus "Wrecking Ball" outfit, you know, with the nipples and the whole thing, riding the "Wrecking Ball," uh, and it says, you know, "Fantasy Loser 20." 2015 or whatever it was um so that's uh, a, yeah that's what i might get actually of all the tattoos yeah. you've described that's one that that's one that i might be i might be interested in um i'll whip through a couple real quickly for you um 
uh, one, one of my favorite, if you remember Game of Thrones, yep. um, and the, the famous shame, the two people, the two people you're talking to, you never need to ask, do you remember Game of Thrones or any nerd thing? <laughs> Just this, look at, look at behind Rich. You don't need to ask those questions of us. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, there's a league that recreated the, the, the shame walk, um, where, yeah. so like this guy had to walk, uh, basically in boxers and nothing else naked through the state, uh, through the streets holding a uh, sign that said fantasy loser while everyone That's else good. dressed in like, you know, traditional robes and uh, with, uh, with, with bells and they're ringing, you know, shame, <laughs> shame, shame. And that that's on YouTube. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, I've heard of one where, uh, you know, I've heard of leagues where they have to sell something that they, they have to sell lemonade. They have to sell, you know, um, uh, something we're doing some stuff on fantasylife.com. We did a, we did a partnership with Buffalo Wild Wings this year. We actually have a uh, at fantasylife.com. We have a free uh, last place loser uh, generator idea generator. Yeah. Like you can go and you know, generate leagues for your last place punishment. And so we all we're all playing a um, uh, we're all playing in a uh, a guillotine league basically. And so I'm so far I've survived. We're, we're down to four, but we we started with eighteen, and every week we've done a different punishment generated by this this league punishment generator. Yeah. Presented by Buffalo Wild Wings, and this one was pretty good. One of our guys, um, uh, Rob Wozniak. I don't know if you know guys. Yeah, yeah. Wozniak, yeah, Woz yeah. NFL. One of our rankers does a great job for us. He lost, and so he had to go see um, uh, the Taylor Swift Eras tour and bring his own food, which was spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, and so he had to. He basically, you know, unlike popcorn or candy, yeah. he had to eat spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, from a bag uh, while watching the Eras tour and offer it to the other people in the movie. Yeah. Like you might say, do you want some popcorn? But it's spaghetti. It's disgusting spaghetti That's, in a plastic bag. So we've had- It's always lot. sunny, right? That's it's Charlie sunny. from It's Always Sunny. That's yeah, a perfect exactly. reference. Yeah. Again, that is something I might just do on my own, though. I don't <laughs> that, like that. Doesn't feel like a punish. I get to watch Taylor Swift and eat spaghetti. That seems like a that's a winning day to it me. A, yeah, um, it's a pretty good day. Pretty good day at the office. Um, uh, the last one I'll tell you, my I think my all-time favorite, I don't know that, is um, there was one league where, you know how like it, like in kindergarten or like grade school, if you go to the playgrounds, they have like the eight-foot hoops, you know, for the little kids. So what this league did is the loser of the league went um, and had to stand under the hoop and every other person in the league got to come up and posterize them and just dunk on them. Yeah. And they they Perfect. filmed the whole thing and they you know they put music to it and put it in slow motion and and so uh, I always thought that was uh, that one was pretty clever too. Yeah, no, that's a great one too. Good shame. I actually don't have any in my leagues. I never finished last anyway, except for the leagues I'm trying to finish last. Everybody knows that, right? I'm a I finished last all the time. Um, I'm actually out of the Scott Fishbowl already because we were talking about terrible runs. I had Geno Smith and Justin Herbert this week. That went really well. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, your love-hate column, which you can find over at NBCSports.com, or as I type in every time out of principle, rotoworld.com and will for the rest of my life, Absolutely. Um, which I'm glad it still redirects. I'm very happy. I'm very happy about that. But I want to talk about a few of that, but we do have a question here in the chat I want to get to from Stephen Neely, which is, what do we do with CJ Stroud this week if he plays? He talks about, you know, his other quarterback. Jake Browning. I kind of don't think CJ Stroud is going to play, but under this under this premise that he is able to play, what what are we thinking we do with him? Are we going to throw him out there? What do you think, Matthew? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think you're right. I think this decision will be made for you, honestly. But um, uh, I think if C.J. Stroud is starting, I'm probably still starting him. I get it. No, Nico Collins didn't practice today either. We don't know about Dalton Schultz. We know Tank Dell is not going to play. And even if Stroud goes, he'll have missed practice time. He didn't practice today. He didn't practice yesterday. So we're we're shooting this on a Thursday. Um, having said that, I got to tell you, the Vikings defense to me has played so well recently. And I get it. Browning has been a nice surprise for, for the Bengals and for fantasy. But uh, it's the fantasy playoffs. And I just – I have to believe in the offense and the talent of C.J. Stroud. And I don't – I prefer the matchup. This is damning a faint praise. I prefer the matchup with the Titans than I do the one with the Vikings, even though I get it. I mean, like the Titans have played yeah. tough and they, you know, they, they're coming off an emotional big win on Monday night. But I think for me, if Stroud were active, I think I'd have a tough time benching him, even given all the givens. I don't, I don't know, Rich, how you feel any differently? Yeah, I, I mean, with Browning plays on Saturday, and I doubt that we're going to see Stroud cleared before Saturday. So. I mean, yeah. that, like you said, decision's probably going to be out of your hands. Obviously, if Stroud were playing, he's a big reason of why you're playing this weekend and you would like to kind of play him for the upside that he represents. But, uh, yeah, it's probably a situation that's going to develop into where this kind of moot what we're talking about. Yeah, I kind of think that's true as well. And hopefully we find out on Friday and they give us an actual designation. They don't Josh Jacobs us and list him as questionable with no chance of playing. So hopefully we yeah. see that. There might be some quarterbacks out there if you do want to take it to the wire, though. I was actually looking at your love-hate list, and one you have in here is somebody we had planned to talk about today, which was Matthew Stafford against Washington, who is on, on your love list. And, I mean, it must hurt you to have to write about the Washington Commanders defense uh this year, but I mean, it is what it is. I, I think there's there's a lot of reasons to like Matthew Stafford this week, right? Yeah, and look, I mean, first off, the guy's just absolutely balling out. Like he's he's playing at a high level uh, with a healthy Cooper Cup. They're getting the run game going with Kyron Williams as well. Puka obviously has played well as um, uh, as well. So I think just from the eye test, Stafford looks like Matthew Stafford. And now they're at home against my Commanders. Um, listen. It depends. We could spend the rest of this podcast me just giving you bad stats about the commanders. I've got a million of them, but I'll just give you a few. Rich, Rich has a fun one. I'm going to let him get to afterwards. Okay. There's a really fun one from Rich. Since week ten, uh, the commanders allow 24 and a half fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, and the last four quarterbacks all to face Washington have all scored at least 19 fantasy points. No team in the NFL has allowed more passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks than my beloved Washington Commanders, and in fact. They've at least they've allowed at least two passing touchdowns in nine of the last ten games. Um, Ron Rivera is coaching this defense. The last time Ron Rivera was calling plays on defense, other than you know the week before uh, the bye, it, I mean maybe a decade ago. Like, I, what are we doing here, folks? I mean, it's brutal. I, they're just uh, um, to answer your question though, Ray. As a Commanders fan, I'm actually ha I want them to lose this game. I hope they lose the rest of the games. I want a better draft yeah. pick. I think they're going to clean house. I think Josh Harris doesn't pay $6 billion for something only to be saved like, yeah, let me, let me get the guy that Snyder's had around who's had a losing record for four straight years. No, I think they're going to clean house and I'm excited about it. I'm like, the truth of the matter is, is that um, it didn't matter to me as a commander's fan. I didn't care what happened this year. I'm rooting for him obviously, but the truth of the matter is, is once it, the announcement came out that officially Daniel Snyder has sold the team and he's no longer involved. 
and we've got a professional sports owner in Josh Harris, somebody that has had success in the NBA and the NHL and in his own, you know, obviously his business life, who's very smart and well-respected both as a professional sports franchise owner and as a businessman. And you bring in like, you know, Magic Johnson and, uh, and you know, Daniel Rails and a lot of other very successful people. I'm playing with house money because I really thought I was going to be stuck with Daniel Snyder for my lifetime as the owner. And he's the worst owner in professional sports history. Not the NFL in professional sports history, and it's not. There's not a close second. So we're playing with house money, and so uh, I'm excited about it. And I look forward to Matthew Stafford as my QB six this week, completely lighting them up. Rich, lay it on us. Lay us your lay on us your favorite Washington Commander stat that I get to read every week. Yeah, Let's I told Ray. I told Ray I was never going to leave it out of the worksheet until it, it, until the streak gets broken. This happens every year, right? Like we're in the final month of the fantasy season, and there are just some situations that develop every year where, like, personality either through injuries or just performance, like these teams can't get out of, and we get to pick on them, right? For fantasy football, remember the Houston Texans last year? There was just a point where it was just like every running, it, they couldn't do anything to stop the run. There was just nothing they could do. And like the commanders have kind of developed into that team this year. Um, and we just are get four weeks. Then we get four weeks left to this 2023 commanders defense. It's a gift. It's our last Christmas gift that they could give us for this season. Uh, but they have allowed every quarterback since the season opener has scored more fantasy points than they had averaged coming into that matchup in that game against the commanders. Uh, and some of those guys got the double dip and scored even more points like Jalen hurts, beat his season average the first time. And then when you replayed him again, he scored more points than he had averaged coming into the next matchup. Uh, the best thing about the commanders too, is they've also had five straight top 10 running backs. So <laughs> they have four more weeks of this. We get four more weeks of this commander's defense. That's amazing. Uh, that is an <laughs> unbelievable stat. I love that. I'm going to steal it, uh, but I'll give you credit. Um, well, we need Stafford to get there. We don't we'll jinx it. Oh, he's going to. I mean, I'm at six. I have Kyron Williams at running back two this week. It's amazing. Um, uh, I probably missed that. I, I, you know, I check out the worksheet often, Rich. You do such a great job with it. Um, I probably just skipped the Washington one because I already know how bad that is. But um, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled, by the way. Uh, you know, for people that are listening and, and may or may not know this, but uh, your worksheet, I think, is one of the one of the must read pieces in fantasy football every single week. It's a it's just a beast and a behemoth. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I was so thrilled to get uh, sharp football analysis into Rotopass. So, um, you know, my company, and your company is in, are in business together. And, uh, you know, you can by the way, if you subscribe to Rotopass.com, you get you get sharp football analysis. You get the the fantasy football package, which is all Rich and Ray and the great stuff that you guys do. And um, you get a number of other great sites. You get you get RotoViz and Football Guys and um, uh, Four Four and Dynasty League Football. And uh, you know, and you also get by the way, you also get Peacock. You get twelve months of Peacock, which is exciting because summer twenty third. There's an exclusive NFL game that's only on Peacock, and then you also get the exclusive playoff game there's a wild card game that's only going to air on peacock and so um uh, that's worth the price of admission as well plus of course get his worksheet and what's great is is that even if you buy it now it's a 12-month subscription so nice right now yeah. and it'll last until december of 2024 so it'll take you all through draft season and the off season as you're doing best ball and dynasty so it's good stuff and an easy christmas we'll yeah. with you guys I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great Christmas gift uh, for sure. Go and make sure you check that out. Um, I do want to talk a little bit because I did see Kyron Williams was in yours as well. Yeah. Let's just go all the way. I I don't know if this is I honestly I don't have a ton of time 
I read all of Rich's stuff and that's about it. And yeah. so I'm not sure what the conversation is about Kyron Williams, but at this point, CMC lives in a world of his own. We don't talk about him. He's just where he is. But other than him, Kyron Williams with this matchup, with the other matchups he has coming up, he's definitely the number two rest of season running back, right? Is that where we are with him? Is that consensus at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, especially because the other guys that might be there, I think, are, um, you know, the, the, the Ecklers of the world, Bijan, everything like that. I mean, I, I don't know how you just mm -hmm. – it's an offense that's playing at an elite level, and he's just getting a massive workload. He's my number two running back this week. Um, he made my love list because, again, I, I think I think, Ray, as we sit here and talk about it, I think you're right. I just don't think people think of him like that. Like they know he's good, right. yeah. but the idea that I just don't think he's perceived as like this no-brainer top five, you know, Eckler preseason, CMC, uh, you know, match. it doesn't matter what the matchup is. You know, he's there's no one you're starting over him other than maybe McCaffrey. Um, since he returned, he's played three games since he returned from injury. He's averaging 25 touches a game, 24.7 to be exact. He's even got an almost 15% target share, so they're using him on all three downs as well. Get this. Over the last three weeks, he has 12 touches in goal-to-go situations. 12 touches over three games in goal-to-go situations as well. You mentioned, Rich, as well, that um, my commanders give up over uh, they give up over 33 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. It's worse than the NFL. It's like literally pick a stat, any stat, and uh, I've got a bad one for the commanders. So I do think, you know, in a, in a world that's really surprising fantasy football-wise, that may be one of them, is that Kyron Williams, who is a smaller back, has become this crazy workhorse uh, fantasy superstar. Yeah, you ran like a 4-6-40, like everyone dumped on him, <laughs> and here we are, McVay, just turning water into wine. Always. We're almost back. We're almost back to that season. We're almost back to combine season. I can't wait. It's nah. my favorite time of year. It's anonymous scout season. Ugh. It's just, it's absolutely glorious. Let's do one more and then we'll let you get out of here, Matthew. One that I'm interested in, we actually have uh, over at the site, we have a guy that writes up props and uh, Ryan McChrystal is very good at it. And yeah, he's talked he about Brandon Ayuk's um, longest reception over against the Cardinals. The Cardinals give up a ton of deep catches. Brandon Ayuk is is you know the guy that you're going to target there on the 49ers. Over, overall, you're going to like the 49ers defense in this spot, in this matchup as massive favorites. But you have Brandon Ayuk on the love list. What kind of specifically about him were you interested in this week? Yeah, Ryan and I are on the same page here in terms of just especially uh, you know the deep ball and just how, how bad Arizona is at defending that. 40% of Ayuk's targets so far this year have come on deep passes, which we define as 15 or more yards down the field. He's actually got the third most receiving yards on deep passes so far this season as well. Arizona so far this season, 61% catch rate. That's what they're allowing on deep passes this season. That's the most in the NFL. It's the highest rate in the NFL. Yeah. You know, you can throw it deep on the Cardinals, which is what the Niners did the last time they played. Uh, Ayuk went, uh, I believe, six for 148 um, the first time they played Arizona. And so, you know, I I think Ayuk has a, has a monster game here. Um, uh, I like him just as long as we're talking about uh, longest reception props. Kind of really like Quentin Johnson over 15 and a half Interesting. for his reception prop tonight. Um, last week, he only caught two balls from Easton Stick. I think one was 22 yards, one was 57. He's hit, he's had, a, mm -hmm. he's had a reception over 15 and a half yards in six out of eight games this year. So, um, 
you know, the show that I do with uh, with Jay Croucher and Ray, I know you know Jay, um, yeah. over here at, at, at Rotor World on Fantasy Football Happy Hour. You know, Jay, you know, Jay, prior to coming to us here at NBC Sports, Jay was the head trader at a major sports book for literally five years. Like, so he was the guy that set the lines for five years. He's really, really good. And he just said, as bad as this game tonight is from a, you know, fantasy perspective of, you know, enjoyment perspective, he said, this is a great game for betting because it's chaos. No one knows what to expect from Easton Stick. Is Aiden O'Connell going to be able to, is he definitely starting? Does he finish the game? He's like, there's just so much, you know, no Keenan Allen. There's just so much variance. He goes, and that's where you can really take advantage. Um, Connor Rogers, my co-host, this is another bet that he gave out today, which I loved. Easton Stick anytime touchdown is plus 500. Easton Stick and Kyle, no one knows who Easton Stick is. Everyone's like, who's Easton Stick? Whatever. Easton Stick had 41 rushing touchdowns when he was in college. He's, a, I mean, I know you were talking, you hinted at this earlier. You guys were talking about yeah. the Easton Stick rushing props earlier. All that. I don't think people yeah. realize how mobile this guy is. And so um, on DraftKings, which is our sponsor of the show, they didn't have at the time of taping, they didn't have any Easton Stick rushing props, but they do have anytime touchdown at plus 500. So we all... Well, kind of like that one. Yeah, they they don't have that up because uh, it posted for ten minutes and uh, it got nuked. Yeah, it posted it. Yeah, yeah. The stick, the stick rushing total posted at ten and a half, and it got posted in our Slack. And I think every single one of us went and absolutely <laughs> smashed it. And we right. got, and we got, you know, the benefit. He didn't actually run last week, and I. Right. So I don't, and we don't have a ton of, we don't have a ton of examples of him. I assume most sane people are not watching preseason for DFS like us degenerates do. And so I like, we don't have a lot of idea about who he is and you're right. He was a runner in college. This is kind of what we expect him to do. And so all of those rushing props are very interesting on the Quentin Johnson one. I we've talked on this podcast about him a lot this year It's Quentin Johnston at the way that they're using him is not the way they should be, but it is still the way they're using him. They're using him down the field and they're pushing him down the field, even though that wasn't what he was really great at in college. And I think you're right. If they're just going to keep bombing it down the field to him, at least he got one last week. I He caught two passes in a row. I didn't know scientists are still investigating whether that's the first time or that, whether that could even happen, that he could get that deep pass. He caught it. They had a good connection. It, it makes a lot of sense to me on Quentin Johnson, especially since you're not going to expect Josh Palmer to go and do that. Keenan Allen's out. The other thing that we're hitting a ton of is Austin Eckler overs and receiving. That is, that's a winning bet, I think, tonight as well. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, we like the over on 29 and a half receiving yards. That's what it was. It's by, it opened, I think, at 26 and a half mm -hmm. and moved up to 29 and a half. And we it's went from three and a half to four and a half as well. But yeah, certainly, um, you know, the Raiders have a very good defensive line. They do get pressure. Um, I think uh, I want to say off the top of my head, Eckler was targeted five times by Easton Stick when he came in last week. And so that was a game that came up there for. So, um, yeah, we, we like all the uh, all the Eckler's overs. I, I think the public's on that as well. I normally don't like siding with the public. I'm sure you guys don't either. But I think in this case, I think. We're all going to be right on that one. Well, your your Sunday night uh, picks have been have been hot on the pregame. I get to see you on there. It's so just nice to see fantasy football at least illuminated yeah. in the capacity it gets to be you know explored in the public. Uh, uh, I love that you get to be a part of that and you know kind of expand our game here. I appreciate that, Rich. I mean, that means a lot to me, and um, it was a, one of the big reasons why I came to NBC. I mean, I had, I had a good gig at ESPN. I really did, and. You know, it was a really good run there. And, you know, they offered me a three-year extension. I, you know, I could have, I, I did 15 years there. I could have been there for 18. And candidly, I think I probably would have been there for, you know, 20, if not more. 
Uh, but I knew that uh, when I was at ESPN that I was never going to be a part of their NFL coverage. That the way that it, mm-hmm. it, this is a lot of inside baseball, but in sure. very short, the, the way ESPN is set up, fantasy and the NFL are very separate kind of um, uh, silos, if you will. And so, you know, every once in a while, you'll have like, you know, somebody like Field Yates, my friend Field, who technically is an NFL guy. Like his, again, this is all inside baseball, but in terms of the, who Field Yates reports to was us, was the NFL side. And NFL sort of loaned him to us for fantasy, <clears throat> whereas I was purely a fantasy guy. And my boss was, I had a different boss than Field when we both worked there, for yeah. example, right? Like Mike Clay and I and Stefania Bell had a different boss than what Field did. And so I just knew that there was just, because of the way that company works, uh, I was never any chance to go to um, to be part of NFL coverage. And then, uh, but, you know, it, my agents were talking to a bunch of people. Hey, Matthew might be available. What would you be interested in? And so we we got word that, you know, there were a lot of places that were willing to have me a part of NFL coverage. And so I thought to myself, if I'm going to leave what I think is one of, if not the best job in the industry, right, to, you know, to be the fantasy guy at ESPN, if I'm going to leave that job, it has to be for something better, right? And it has to be for something that moves the ball forward for the fantasy community and obviously for me personally. And so um, that was the thing that I thought – that was the only thing that I thought that would, in my mind, was better than ESPN was being a part of an NFL pregame show. And so when NBC Sports said, you know, we'll put you on football night in America and we'll also be very supportive – you know, and we'll, uh, you know, be supportive of your desire to make, you know, something out of fantasy life and fantasylife.com will, will allow you to do that. I was just sort of like, you know, let's go. And so it, it's been great. And so, um, you know, you have to find your spots, you know, I'm there with a bunch of legends on football night, but it's, you know, it's the highest rated football sh- pregame show and it's, it's before the Sunday football game. And, um, and Rich, it's always nerve wracking, right? Because I have to, um, you know, you guys can appreciate this. I can nerd out with you guys. This is not something I can really get into publicly, but because of the relationship with DraftKings, I have to come up with a parlay. Yep. Parlay yeah. has to be at a certain level. Um, you know, it, it has to be at least plus 300. Um, and I have to do it on Friday because yeah. they want people to be able to bet, bet it throughout the weekend. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's just like sometimes lines aren't up. Sometimes, uh, you know, there are butts that I like that, like, I love this Quentin Johnson over 15 and a half, but that isn't it. That isn't allowed to be part of a same game parlay. Yeah. Draft yeah. So it's like, um, so it's like, you're trying to find these narrow windows for both the best bet and the, um, uh, and the parlay and the same game parlay. I do two different segments for DraftKings during the show and you have to do them on Friday when, anyway, so it's, uh, so it's, yeah, so I appreciate anyway. I I really appreciate you saying uh, saying that. So it's it's we've been hot lately, and um, which is great. You know, when you're giving out picks in front of 15 million people, you know, you're you're just like, oh God, please, you know, please let this hit. And um, you know, so it's been a good year. It's been a really good year in terms of the picks, and um, and I appreciate you saying that because it's important to me to leave. You know, one of the things that's really important to me is to leave the fantasy industry in a better spot then I found it because the, there's so many people in the industry that have been so gracious to me and so supportive of me when I was starting out. And so now that I've, I've had some success and, you know, I want to pay it forward. And so if there's a way to kind of pave, you know, break through some doors, uh, it means a lot to me and my hope, and I think we'll get there. My hope is, is that football night in America will be, will not be the only 
pregame show that has a mm-hmm. fantasy and or betting analyst. You know, we're not we're starting to see um, we're seeing it. Se- we're seeing segments of being in- integrated into it. But like I wish Amazon had their own person doing it rather than just here's Richard Sherman and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tony Gonzalez giving out right. a bet that they like that, you know, likely some researcher handed them. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just assuming that Sherman Fitz and Tony Gonzalez aren't sitting there crunching, uh, crunching. Uh, <laughs> they're, not, they're not grinding the the, the, the lines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know we were going to be uh, throwing strays at Richard Sherman. You got to be careful. No, I come at you. With, nah, yeah. I'm just joking. I'm no, just, but I'm just saying. In all seriousness, Sherman does yeah, a great yeah. job. They all. They, they, yeah, they all do great. They all do yeah, a great yeah. job for what they, you know. But like, they're not. I think if they were here on the air with us, they would say like, no, I'm not a fantasy yeah, analyst. I'm not a sports betting analyst. I'm a former absolutely. NFL player who played the game yeah. at the highest level. I'm a Super absolutely, Bowl champion, yeah. you know, in the case of Sherman. And and like, and so, you know, that's, it's just it's not different. what they, Yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. And I'm not saying they don't do the research or they don't know what they're talking sure. about. Just it's, no, but it's different. It's a different, it's a different way to look at things and to try to like, it's just, it's a different kind of skill set when you're when you're trying to analyze. That's actually one of the things that Rich does. We're just gonna sell the worksheet. Let's do it. Infomercial time. That's one of the things that Rich does that I actually really like is kind of the blending of these two things. And that's why the that's why the worksheet is so good, is that you're going, you're blending in like this stuff that you might talk about with coverage schemes and things like that and why it matters for fantasy. And but that's that's the work that very often fantasy analysts are doing, even if they're not publishing it, mm-hmm. that is a little bit different than maybe I'm just talking about, hey, you know, the Chicago Bears defense is kind of playing well. Isn't that great? Like there, you have to go a little bit further and quantify it. And so I think it's true. And I, I guess, like Rich said, I'm excited to see you on those shows and and spreading that. We're going to let you get out of here. You don't have to sit here and listen to us anymore. We really appreciate oh. you coming on. Football it- Night in America. Oh. Fantasy life, fantasy football happy hour. You don't need us to promote your stuff, but it's all there. Go and check it out. Well, you, I appreciate you, all that. Yeah, fantasylife.com. Um, yeah, just because I think the people that are the people that are watching this show are likely hardcore. A lot of my audience is is um, uh, you know uh, is more a casual player, and so I would just say that I do think that uh, for people that are watching the show, if you're a fan of Ray, if you're a fan of Rich. Um, that I think at fantasylife.com we have the utilization data. First off, I think Dwayne McFarland does a great job. His utilization. I was going to shout out Dwayne. As so, soon as you said that, I was going to say if you if you're if you think that you're a hardcore and you're not reading Dwayne, then I don't know what you're doing. So I was going to shout him out for you. I great hair too. That. Excellent hair. Yes, yeah. I'm very jealous of him. Um, he he violates the no one can have better hair than me policy at the company, but unfortunately <laughs> everyone does. Uh, what I will say is is that like. Uh, what I was going to say, and when you were talking about uh, the worksheet, I was going to say, I think there are a few seminal columns that I think are must-reads every single week that are like at the the elite of the elite. And I don't mean disrespect to anyone else in the industry, but just I think the worksheet is one of them. And I think Dwayne's utilization report is another one of them and has been for years. And so I was so thrilled when he agreed to come over to Fantasy Life. But what we've done is at FantasyLife.com, we've made not just not only is Dwayne's column free, but all like we have a we have a data table with the, all the utilization data that Dwayne uses that informs his 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 uh, his report is there available for free 
you can just check it all out. So if you have a question like, what does this quarterback do against man coverage? It's all right there. What does this quarterback do against man coverage over the last four weeks on the road? It's all like, it's all right there. It's all free. And so it's um, uh, at fantasylife.com. And, uh, uh, you know, it's my pleasure. Uh, I'm huge fans of you guys. And, uh, you know, Rich is one of the legends of the industry. And uh, so happy to spend a few minutes with you guys. I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Thank you very much, Matthew. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hopefully you pull off a miracle in our league, Rich. It would be great yeah. to win. It's going to need a Christmas miracle. I'm going to need the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, to come through. <laughs> Anything can happen, man. It's fantasy football. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, that was Matthew Barry, obviously uh, legend of the industry. And uh, yeah, fantasy life. Go and check it out, Dwayne. Everything he talked about. Uh, I you're gonna you're gonna get no pushback from Rich and I on that. It's a it's an absolutely great tool. Dwayne's also a, 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 a Texas guy, so I see you 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 and him get along real well. Yeah, the the A and M. I'm not an A and M person, unfortunate, unfortunately. No, no. And so, uh, so yeah, so we'll have to we'll have that conversation later. I don't think he and I have actually talked about that. We, we can you have that are a Midwestern Texan, a very unique, uh, uh, unique breed. Well, my whole family's from Western Pennsylvania, and so I just ended up in Texas by accident, I suppose. But uh, hey, I like barbecue. I. I I cook my own brisket. I'm Texan. Why are you throwing these? Why are you throwing this shade? No, I say you throwing it's, the a, shade. it's a perfect blend, man. So um, we we don't have a ton of time left here on the podcast, but I did want to talk a little bit about the marquee game of the week, mm -hmm. Cowboys and Bills, and kind of break this down a little bit. And so you can go read the worksheet for that. You can go read the worksheet for Commanders and Rams, which is a game, by the way, you need to be paying attention to, in my opinion. All of that's at sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can get the Fantasy Package or the NFL Plus Package, which includes Fantasy, for 15% off using promo code ANGLES at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Go and, go and check that out. But one of the interesting things about Cowboys Bills, and you kind of mentioned it a couple times on the worksheet, is some small concern about this game actually hitting enough for dfs it's tied for the second uh total second highest mm -hmm. total of the week with rams commanders uh not not coincidentally and you're kind of worried about are we actually going to hit that total is this an under game are we not going to get where we want to go for fantasy why is that yeah I, I think from an individual player perspective there's concern from a game total perspective i can see angles because i do think the Cowboys side is appealing still like you know I feel like their team total would be the way I would bet this uh, I yeah. think they probably outright win this game too even though they're dogs but uh, you the Bills just have so many injuries uh, you know they have patchworked this together and they've been good I mean you look at the last six games they're only allowing 6.3 yards per pass attempt that's eighth in the NFL uh, but they are 26th in touchdown rate over that span they're 22nd in rate of past attempts go for a first down or touchdown and what they've been able to do to kind of mitigate some some of their losses uh personnel wise defensively is they've still been really good at getting pressure and the one thing that hasn't mattered to Dak Prescott is he's yeah. the, by far the NFL's best passer uh under pressure I mean the league rates for uh pass pass completions under pressure is 49.3 Dak's is 63.9 percent uh, league-wide average under pressure is 6.1 yards or past him. Dak is at 8.4 yards or past him. He leads the NFL in both those categories. So I do have some confidence still in the Cowboys side getting there. What I have trouble with is the Bills side. And like Josh Allen's probably going to, from a fantasy perspective, not bury you. He's not probably not going to, yeah. he's not going to lay an egg. Although, you know, Jalen Hurts did against Dallas not get there last week. 
But, you know, you look at Josh Allen and what the Chiefs were able to do and how he performed under pressure. He's completed under 60% of his passes and three of his past four games. All it takes for him is just to have a game where he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, right? Because that we, yeah. we, we take some of that for granted. We've taken it for granted for Jalen Hurts for his whole career. Literally, Josh Allen, he's got 10 rushing touchdowns. But if there is a week where he doesn't have a rushing touchdown, then he has to do extra lifting through the air. And is this a matchup where he can have a 300-yard passing game, where he can have three to four passing touchdowns? And that's probably in the lower end of probability, especially when you look at his splits under pressure, how he performed last week when the Chiefs under pressure, and you look at how his receivers win. I mean, who is beating man coverage on the Buffalo Bills right now? It's it's crazy to think, but it's not Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stephon Diggs is averaging his lowest yards per route run against man coverage he has since he joined the Bills. He hasn't gone over 100 yards in seven straight games. He's had three single-digit PPR point games in his past four games. Uh, and we know Gabe Davis isn't beating man coverage. He's got one of his six touchdowns yeah. that come against man coverage. This, this is we always we always play the game. Gabe Davis week or not Gabe Davis week. This is not Gabe Davis week, which means probably he'll have 130 yards and three touchdowns. But this is yeah. this is not Gabe Davis week. Yeah, so it's really hard uh, to, to diagnose from an because you know, I look at this from like an evidence-based lens when I'm break, breaking yeah. down these players. And it's hard to find objective angles for the individual Bills players outside of just saying, hey, Josh Allen gets there, right? Yeah. Like, it's hard to find a lot of evidence to say that the, the, the Bills players all have a lot of upside. Their one player that is possessing upside, James Cook, they don't utilize. So they Refuse to give him the ball. They they would rather use Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray in the second half for some reason. I So, yeah, yeah. they don't even give him the ball. Give James Cook the ball. How about we start there? That might be step one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's really hard, but I do think the Cowboy side finds a way there. Um, yeah. I mean, it, them being dogs and only having a 23 point implied team total feels almost disrespectful. Maybe they thought Buffalo was going to have bad weather. I've seen it supposed to be in the forties and night. like, Hey, that's football weather. Yeah. I, th- it is a bit confusing to me as well, but what I will say is, I mean, we've seen this bills team, even if the record hasn't shown it, we've seen this bills team oh, play yeah, very yeah. well push the Eagles to the brink, should have won the game against the Eagles, beat the Chiefs, although we don't know what the Chiefs are at this point. I think the one really interesting, and you brought him up, the one really interesting kind of fantasy situation for the Bills is Stefan Diggs. And you mentioned we've seen this change and he's not going over 100 yards. And one of the things when I when I dig into his numbers that's very interesting is so many more of his targets now are coming near the line of scrimmage. His average depth of target, and you could see when the change happened, it happened before the coordinator change, and it has just continued on uh, with Joe Brady. But his air yards per target was 11.9 over the first seven weeks. It's 6.9 over the last six games. That is a... That is a you know, noticeable difference. That is a massive change to the way they were using him. His intermediate targets have dried up. They've just essentially turned into short targets. You would expect that to increase the catch rate, but that hasn't happened either. And I was actually watching um, the cover one guys who cover Buffalo well. I was watching the cover one guys talk about it, and they think defenses are just taking away Stefan Diggs because they know that Gabe Davis isn't beating them, and Dalton Kincaid is averaging yeah. four air yards per catch, and Khalil Shakir, even though we like him, is probably not beating and Dawson Knox is probably not beating them. They refuse to give James Cook enough carries to beat you. And I wonder, like, is that just going to be what we have for Diggs the rest of the way? And if that's the case, I mean, it's going to be a massive disappointment from what we saw for him through those first those first seven weeks. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's also an extremely hard game to stack from like a DFS perspective from like a, cause everyone's expensive. Like Stefan Diggs's price has not changed in DFS. I mean, he's the second highest price wide receiver on DraftKings this weekend. He's still 8,400. Like you, he's, it's hard. I'm sorry, the third, cause, uh, Tyreek uh, in CD, but um, it's hard to build around this game because you got two expensive quarterbacks, two expensive receivers, uh, Tony Pollard's in like a limbo zone. And then like the ancillary guys are kind of whack-a-mole-ish. I mean, Brandon Cooks is, if Brandon Cooks scores a touchdown, he's fine. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's useless. That's kind of how Gabe Davis has been. And then you've got kind of Jake Ferguson and it's like really it, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there on those on those DFS streets. Because you we have a couple it's questions. A four o'clock game. It's a four o'clock game. It's got the highest total. Like you're like we're supposed to be drawn to this. Yeah, that's why I will be stacking nothing but Rams and Commanders. So uh, come and join me. Come and join me in in that game. Um, actually, don't. Please don't do that. So I. I, I meant to I ask Matthew uh, on his way out if uh, Brian Robinson didn't play. If it was a Gibson or Chris Rodriguez game. Oh, it's a, it's a, that's a, it's a Gibson game. I feel very, I feel confident in the, the Gibson, the Gibson situation. We do have a few questions here in the chat. I want to go through real quick. Uh, one from Rockets 2008 after my own heart. Uh, we're, we're coming back. The Rockets are coming back. Um, picked up Stafford today, played fields over Mahomes last week, start one quarterback. I assume out of those, out of those three quarterbacks, uh, that's, First of all, wild that this is a question at this point in the season, but it's a, it is a valid question, Rockets 2008. That's where we are with Patrick Mahomes at this point. So out of those three, I don't remember which one you have ranked higher. Who, who you're starting? I actually have Stafford ranked the highest out of those guys. So, yeah, I have Mahomes ranked the lowest. It's wild. What a what a season we've had uh, for quarterbacks. And then we have here from uh, Dino Fontaine. And that's probably because chain... I imagine a lot of Mahomes teams aren't playing this weekend. I would suspect that if you're talking about like advance rate and best ball mania, or if you're talking about just, you know, regular redraft fantasy leagues, if you spent a third round pick on Patrick Mahomes, it probably hasn't gone great. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, what about uh, all right? We have Dino Fontaine here. If a chain is out, would you play Palmer, Higgins, or McLaurin? I don't think in that situation I'm playing Palmer because you have two, I would say, yeah. similar options, uh, and so you're not going to play Palmer tonight. You're going to let it ride and see what we get out of a chain. Between those other two, I mean, McLaurin doesn't catch passes anymore, and <laughs> Higgins doesn't have a great matchup. I uh, I don't know. What do you What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would just my tiebreaker would literally be to play McLaurin based on game environment. That would be, yeah. you know, just like they're going to have to throw. It's he, and anytime you see a guy like McLaurin have a zero catch game, you kind of always think like, dude, like that was brought up in in meetings this weekend. Like, <laughs> there was some, there was some squeaky wheel. So there's a squeaky yeah. wheel to Terry McLaurin. For sure. All right, let's get on to Uncut Gems. We talk about a player, too, that's probably going under the radar that's in an advantageous spot. I actually have a different commander's wide receiver for mine, but we're going to let you go first with your Uncut Gem. Who do you got? Yeah, I've got uh, the, the the Odell Beckham, man. Odell Beckham. He's if back. Got, we're uh, back. If he's been picked up uh, in your leagues, if you picked him up like when he was starting to get some utilization or if Mark Andrews got hurt, like – this is your time. I mean, he's been a top 36 scorer now and four of his past five games. He's been a top 20 scorer in three of those. What you got to like too is that the Ravens are like conscientiously calculating like how much they're playing him. But when he's on the field, 
they're dialing up plays to him. I mean, he ran a route on just 56% of the dropbacks on Sunday, and he hasn't hit a 60% route rate in a game since week nine, but he's been targeted on 41% of his routes, 41.7, 33.3% of his routes over his past three games. He's getting 55%, 30%, 41% of the team air yards in those games. Since week nine, only Tyree Hill averaged more yards, yards per route run than Odo Beckham. We were turning the clock back. And he's just got this good matchup on Sunday night against a Jaguars team that is 28th in yards per target allowed to outside wide receivers, 29th in touchdown rate. So if you had a Keenan Allen, if you are just like you said, had a T Higgins like the other gamer had, like just guys that you can't trust and fire up Odell this week. The, yeah. And I, he was on my short list for this as, as well. And like, I think the one concern you have is the fact that he's not getting as much playing time as you would want, but they're using him when he's out there. And so at some point you just have to trust that, that this is a purposeful and whenever he's on the field, they're going to use him and get his targets. I kind of feel the same way about mine, who is Curtis Samuel, because Curtis Samuel is also for the commanders, not playing a full complement of snaps. He's still pl- running fewer routes than McLaurin. He's still running fewer routes than Jahan Dotson, but he leads the team in targets over the last two weeks. He's been targeted on at least 24% of his routes in every game since week seven. He has a 30.1% target per route rate over that span, which is a very high number. And which we talked about a lot today on this podcast, we didn't expect it to be commanders and Rams heavy, but here we are. The The commanders are probably going to need to throw in this game. Their defense is probably going to get lit up by, by the Rams. And if that happens, then Samuel is going to get targets. And the Rams are weaker towards slot receivers. They've given up eight yards per target to slot receivers. My two concerns with Samuel, if I was going to play him, is, you know, he's running fewer routes, as I said. And also, the Rams don't get as much pressure as the Dolphins and Cowboys, these two kind of blow-up spots that we've seen from him. And pressure does play some role in Samuel's, how many targets Samuel is getting. But like I said, we now have a long, longer than these two games, a long run of Samuel getting a lot of targets per route. And so, especially in PPR formats, I'm feeling pretty good about him this week. Yeah, that's the game, man. Uh, That's the game we're looking at. That's ours. I wonder if that's going to be written up in your Saturday DFS game call stack. We should put that up front, right? Like there's no doubt about what's going to be in there in there for sure. You can check that out at sharpfootballanalysis.com, part of our fantasy package. Use code ANGLES to get that for 15% off. Go to YouTube, search for Warren Sharp. If you're listening to this on a podcast, you can watch this live every single Thursday at 1130 Eastern. Make sure you do that. And we'll be back to talk to you soon. Come and join us again next week.